Welcome to another episode of Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the podcast where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. I'm Patrick, and I'm back here today with my friends Chris. Hello. And Steven. Hi. We are here today to discuss the 1999 Arnold Schwarzenegger turn of the millennium film, End of Days. But before we get into that, we're going to do our standard horror catch-up. At the beginning of every episode, we talk about what we've been watching or reading or enjoying in the horror world. So what have you guys been up to lately? I watched We're All Going to the World's Fair. Oh, Oh, I've been so interested in that but after seeing skinnamarink i'm like i don't know if i need another experimental horror film for a while yeah it gets compared to skinnamarink a lot which i think is a very flawed comparison they're really not doing the same thing at all but it is not the kind of horror movie i signed up for i thought it was interesting but it's more of a sort of a portrait of teen or preteen uh, alienation and the internet than anything else. And I, I think it will have a lot of power for people who can relate to it in some way. And I've seen a lot of reviews where people are relating to it very profoundly. So it is kind of like Skin of Marink in that what you get out of it is what you bring into the experience because it's semi formless otherwise. But um, it was interesting, and I I didn't love it, and it was a little bit of a bait and switch for me. I was expecting something that was a little more meat and potatoes horror, and this felt at times more like a 2020 or a Dateline special on the internet. What's the pitch or the, the basic concept? The basic concept is there is a young girl, she's like 13 or something, Um, She seems to have a sort of isolated and troubled life, and she gets drawn into an online trend called We're All Going to the World's Fair, which uh, basically people are recording themselves, like, giving this incantation, sort of, and then, like, they're reporting, like, phenomenon that's happening to them. Um, Hmm. It's it's basically it's it's like a TikTok trend or something like that. Um, and she's making a lot of videos, uh, trying to present herself as someone who is being uh, afflicted by this this curse, basically. But we we're it's clear to us that she's not really that the curse isn't real. It's just something that people online are doing for clout. But there's other darkness below the surface uh in the life of her and in the life of the people she talks to online so side note but are there still world fairs that seems to me like an artifact of like decades ago are there still world fair world's fairs today i i don't think so but that's sort of that's 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 sort of the because basically it's like it's like a bloody mary thing you you Mm. stare at the camera or whatever and there's a video you watch and you say we're all going to the world's fair etc and that's what apparently starts the darkness gotcha there's not actually a world but patrick that is also 
that's also something that I've questioned recently, probably actually from seeing the title of this movie. Yeah. Like, wait, why, why don't we do that? Yeah, anymore? when was the last World's Fair? Let's bring it back. We need an expo where they just build some big shit that's impractical. Yeah. Again. Yeah. What have you been up to, Stephen? Besides researching the World's Fair? Not a whole hell of a lot. Um, I'm probably not allowed to talk about the Crooked Lake incident. Oh my god, that's they told the they came to my house in the black Cadillac and they warned yeah. me not to go public with what we saw and experienced. I had to deal with the same guys. I mean, probably ten minutes after because we live so close to each other. We'll maybe save that for the Discord. Um, we can set up a separate uh, channel to to discuss the uh, the, the classified details. But, uh, yeah, I'm still reading Poppy Z. Bright's Lost Souls for the Amon Book Club. By the time this episode comes out, we'll probably be discussing it, you know, this weekend uh, before the 4th of July holiday or sometime there around. I'll provide more details. I gotta honestly pick up the slack on that one a little bit, but I'm uh, thoroughly enjoying its depths of depravity so far. Patrick? Um... Not a whole lot for me other than also reading Lost Souls and also being way behind where I would like to be at this point in the uh, upcoming Stevens Book Club discussion. Uh, But uh, Allison with a Y and I did start a little project that our listeners may be excited to hear about. We are going to be bringing you, you know, you know, Amon has brought you all these. We watch every movie in a franchise episodes. We did every Halloween movie. We did every Nightmare on Elm Street movie. We did every Final Destination movie. Well, we're doing every Paranormal Activity movie. Why are just Patrick and Allison with a Y doing this, you may ask? Because Chris and Steven said, fuck no, we're not doing this again. Mm -hmm. We're not watching every Paranormal Activity movie ever. And I don't blame them, but I have a unique cognitive condition that just, you know, just inclines me to to do these things. I've already watched almost all these movies in the first place, but I'm rewatching them all now. So we watched the first one. We're at the beginning of the journey and sometime, let's say before the end of 2023, because I don't really want to hold myself to any kind of a timeline on this. You're going to get an episode where we break down every movie in the Paranormal Activity franchise. So get ready for that. You are, let's say it, you're kind of a franchise slut. I am. You you like to really go whole hog. You've done it with, uh, aside from the episodes we've done on various franchises, I mean, you did all the Friday the 13th movies, uh, which sounds punishing as hell. It was. <laughs> You've been watching all the Twilight movies, which also sounds punishing as hell, but probably more amusing than the Friday the 13th. So, yeah. you know, God, God bless it's just a it's just a form of storytelling that I find really fascinating. I think being like a fan of comic books and the extremely long form serialized storytelling in like mainstream comic books, it just fascinates me to see how these stories get told or or often not told, told very poorly sometimes over years or or decades and the weird shifts that happen with the years. So it just uh, fascinates me, even though sometimes it is. A bit of a slog, so we'll see how these last couple paranormal activities are. I've only not seen, I think, the last two or three. I feel the same way about franchises, which is, I mean, one of the reasons I like Saw so much. Uh, My problem is I I am always disappointed at the connective material or lack thereof between entries in a franchise, and Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons I'm opting out of paranormal activity, because I I haven't seen any of them, to be honest, but... Uh, what I glean from what I've seen in the marketing, et cetera, it looks like there's really no connective tissue between 
these movies. It's just, here's another family that put cameras in their house. Wonder what's going to happen. Or, oh, this oh. time it's a YouTuber. Or, you know, like. So actually, I have to fact check you on that because I agree that I dislike the lack of connective tissue sometimes in franchises. But there are also some that provide too much. And Paranormal Activity is one of those where, like, especially... Oh. I don't know. I think the second one is pretty disconnected from the rest. But as you get deeper in, they keep connecting it back to the original family and, and original characters in sort of increasingly underwhelming ways that are supposed to be exciting, like a big reveal, and then turn out to be not so much, at least from what I remember. That's exciting. That's the first thing I've heard that made me at all interested in these sequels. But I'm still not going to watch them. <laughs> I didn't expect there to be any kind of overarching mythology or anything. So that 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 does make me a little more interested i gotta say i i i'm a little bit of a franchise whore myself uh when it comes to just pure trash like i've seen i've seen all of the leprechaun movies <laughs> except for the two reboots and there's a third one coming oh. so i'm gonna have to really catch up wow. and i uh, is that the one they're making with conor mcgregor <laughs> i did not what oh, i feel no, like that's, that's a joke that's another reboot that's a that's a something else that's a fighting movie <laughs> oh okay <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, Warwick Davis isn't going to be in it. He hasn't been in the last two, but I'm not sure who they've got tapped to uh, play the lep. But I also would love maybe this holiday season, if I can get you guys on board. I'm a big fan of the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise. And talk about a franchise where every movie tries to, like, pay homage to what happened before, but also reset it and do something completely different that makes no fucking sense. It's, it's utterly fascinating. So I, I do understand the urge. I'm 100% on board. I was really fascinated by hearing, I think it was you, describe some installment of the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise last year. So count count me in when Christmas time rolls around. All right. All right. Well, anyway, speaking of uh, holiday films, let's talk about End of Days, the film in which... to party like it's 1999. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the film in which Arnold Schwarzenegger... I mean, I don't, I don't feel it. Do we need to save for the spoiler room that Arnold Schwarzenegger fights the devil? I really no, don't think we do. No, that's the premise no. of the movie. That's just how people know this movie, I think. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that was in the trailer. Yeah. So, I mean, the basic setup is uh, the devil returns once a millennium, I guess. And he's coming back on the eve of Y2K. You guys remember Y2K? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I was like looking up Wikipedia, uh, Y2K on Wikipedia recently because I was. It's one of those things where it's so bizarre and surreal, especially given the general letdown, the fact that absolutely nothing happened. That it was almost like I had to check my my memory to go like, did this actually happen? Is there a historical record of this? It was Y2K was an interesting time to be alive because like the 80s and 90s were all about selling the public on how cool it was to have digital shit. Uh-huh. You know, like if you're watching a Michael Douglas movie from the 80s or 90s, he's got a car phone, you know, like mm-hmm. like it's it was all about like, oh, look at all this. We got Tamagotchis. We got all this <laughs> old computer stuff. And then someone was like, you know, some some computer nerd was like, what if the computer gets confused when it sees the date is zero <laughs> zero? And everyone was like, fuck. (laughs) And it was like a really horrifying thing that we were going to lose all this shit that we've been building up for 20 years and all our, our, you know, all our jobs that were just punching computers in office buildings and stuff. It was all going to go away. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember at the time seeing on the news that like gas pumps aren't going to work. Credit cards aren't going to work. Everything was just going to completely collapse. Yeah. Get your cash out of the bank. Um, And and there was, you know, I didn't really care much because I was like, you know, in sixth, seventh grade or something. But like there, there was that omnipresent concern in the media that this is the big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. to my knowledge, nothing happened. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. The main, the main like sort of way I remember that affecting me, because as you said, Chris, I mean, I was uh, 12 at the time. And the main thing I remember was at the, the library that I'm sure we all went to when we were that age, uh, like, because we grew up in the same town there was, you had to, they had to change something in your library card account. You had to get a little Y2K sticker on your card. And I remember it still, it was this little orange sticker that showed that they had changed. I assume just like changed your record to show that. I don't know. I I don't actually know what they changed, but I just remember it being a big deal to get the Y2K sticker on your card to show that your library account was good to go into the new millennium. You got vaccinated against Y2K. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) Dude, what's crazy about this movie is like, I mean, before we've even really delved into the plot, I Mm. I do want to just say, like, it's this feels to me, and I'm if any of you have done research, I wonder if there's something about this online. I haven't. This feels to me like there was a script for a movie where Arnold fights the devil, and news started bubbling up about Y2K, and they were like, oh, we need to repurpose this and rush it into production as soon as possible, because this came out in November of 1999. Yeah. I mean, it is a movie made for a moment. Yeah. Oh, I think it was yeah. premeditated. I mean, I've done zero research, but again, you know, I love to talk about Chris Carter's Millennium. That show <laughs> debuted in 96, I believe. And it was, you know, at least as obsessed with Y2K and the Millennium. Mm. Not Y2K, the computer phenomenon, but Y2K, the biblical phenomenon. Um, oh. As this movie was. And so I think that this had been brewing for, you know, since the mid nineties of like, Oh, we're coming up on this, this historical milestone that no one in living memory has ever seen. What are the ramifications going to be? Um, And so I assume that they just, you know, went from there. I don't think they, they just had a generic movie. I mean, this was probably, this could have been, what I'm trying to say is this could have been in development for five years and it would have probably had the same take on the millennium. Yeah, but, but like it just the, fortuitously came out right before New Year's. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. Well, and the stuff, but the references to the computer meltdown are definitely in there. And I feel like I agree with Stephen that that seems like it had to have been grafted on later. Because I mean, I'm sure like people in the computer world were aware of that potential problem for years before. But I feel like it couldn't have been like in the zeitgeist until like a year or two before. But most. that's not really a big part of the, the story of the movie, is it? Like you hear some news reports that mention it in passing, but it's all about the, the historical turn. Like the, the computers don't play a role in the movie. Yeah, at all, I guess do so. They? I guess so. There's stuff I guess that's... I like conflate the, the computer thing with like the biblical, which I didn't even know that there was a biblical, the book of oh, Y2K yeah. or whatever. I mean, what does the Bible say is going to happen? Does the Bible actually say that Satan's coming back in 2000? Of or course. Is that a creation a- a- of the- everything oh, in this movie is real. <laughs> it's real theology. Is there, is there an episode of Millennium where they figure out that if you turn the sixes upside down and you throw a one in front of it, it's 1999? Dude, I'm sure I'm, there could be, dude. The, the Millennium was not much smarter than End of Days when it came to the end of the world shit. 
What I was trying to figure out was there's all this footage of Times Square celebrating the year 2000. Oh, yeah. Where did they get this footage? How did they do that? Did they like, well, have you a get- fake Y2K? Did like all the studios throw down on a fake Y2K ball <laughs> drop that they could use in like six different movies? Well, it they looks must like have- B-roll to me, but they yeah. throw a timestamp on it so that you think it's happening in real time, but I think it's probably just B-roll. Yeah, but I assume they were just see- like CGing like a Y2K logo onto existing New Year's Eve footage. Yeah, Times that makes Square. sense, but it's seamless. It, it, it really is seamless. Um Wow, unlike anything else in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Everything, all the other effects are so bad that it's shocking that this is, you know, so so spot on. Well, anyways, at least according to the Bible, according to uh, Arnold, uh, the devil comes back every millennium, and he's coming back in 2000. There's a prophecy that a woman is going to bear his child. This is his bride. And this child is just marked from the start in, frankly, an incredible opening sequence. Oh, my sequence fucking God. In which a Big baby... James Wan energy. Oh, yeah. I, and I was super into it. I was, There were... This movie is frustrating because there are a few moments that are like, holy shit, that's bonkers. And I love it. And then it's just like, where is that energy for the rest of the movie? But this right. baby is stolen by a, a a fake nurse and taken for like a satanic ritual in the basement of the hospital where somebody's to Udo Kier with a rattlesnake. Yes, Udo Kier, that's right. <laughs> who slits a rattlesnake's throat and like feeds the baby with the rattlesnake blood to like mark it as as Satan's. Chef's kiss. That, that was, was amazing. Fucking incredible. That was great. That's yeah. all good. That's all great stuff. But but I want to correct you on one thing. We we're, we're talking you're talking about uh how were the Bible according to Arnold. Well, Arnold who we meet a few minutes later in this movie is a non-believer and he'll be a non-believer for most of the movie. The prophecy is presented to us in a prologue that takes place in the Vatican in the year yeah. 1979, where there's the a young uh, Pope, a papal astrologer is uh-huh. sees something in the sky and freaks the fuck out. And is like, I, this can, conf- I've no, I've seen this constellation before somewhere. Oh shit! It's I gotta a, open up my scrolls a, and titanium tubes. He's ready for Y two K. He's got nothing on on digital. He's, I mean, it's 1979, but he goes to his 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 scrolls, and then I'm like, all right, this is this is pretty, this is pretty par for the course so far. What I wasn't prepared for is how he rushes into the Pope's chambers, and we see the actual Pope. <laughs> Not the actual Pope, of course, but an actor playing the Pope. Um, like, you know, usually, because how many exorcism <laughs> Thank movies... Thank you for clarifying that. He's the Pope's astrologer. How many, how many exorcism <laughs> movies have we seen, and it's always like, you know, a priest, a cardinal, a bishop, like, you know, maybe the Pope's mentioned, but like, to actually <laughs> depict a Pope and have the Pope be like... You must protect this girl at all costs. <laughs> like that's just kind of an extra level of uh, of of absurdity. Um, and and I yeah. knew that when I saw that, I was like, all right, this isn't this is a movie that's going to be timid uh, about 
the subject matter mm-hmm. and it sure isn't and that's kind of one of the things i like the most about the movie because again we've seen so many of these exorcism movies and they always just seem to be a little too solemn about the religious aspects take the religious aspects a little too seriously they have a lot of respect reserved for catholicism and the priesthood and all this stuff more or less and this is the movie where like no like the point is Arnold is fighting the devil. And if you're getting his way, whether you're a priest or not a priest, you're going to get like pushed or punched or shot. <laughs> um, well, dude, the Ebert mentions something like this in his review. Like, why does the Catholic church go after a, like a sweet little movie like dogma? And they just ignored end of days. Like, <laughs> if I were a Catholic, I'd be so fucking offended and infuriated by this movie. <laughs> Okay, but I, I will still say this is essentially a faith-based film. And I was shocked, honestly, by especially the way the climax plays out, which we're going to get to eventually. But this movie is pretty big on at least the idea of God, if not the Catholic Church itself, because a lot of Catholic uh, uh, priests and various officials certainly do bite it in rather gory fashion throughout this. But it's very faithful to the idea of like a judeo-christian god at least yeah to some extent but it doesn't strike it seems like it's far too irreverent to actually be like a faith-based film that's actually trying to get a faith-based message across it's 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 a movie that's not afraid to use the Christian and Catholic faiths as hooks to hang plot stuff onto. But like, it's like any other movie, like Jesus is indistinguishable from like, I don't know what in another movie could be a, a big witch or something. (laughs) If that makes any (laughs) sense. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. We'll get more into that obviously as, as things go along, because that is integral to the climax of the, There's a mythology, there's a mythology to this movie that happens to coincide in places with Christian mythology, but it's just, it's all devices in the universe of this movie, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyways, so the, we've got after this prologue in the 80s, we flash forward to 1999 when uh, the baby that we saw in the prologue is now a young adult woman and uh, soon to cross paths with, of course, our hero, Arnold Schwarzenegger, whose name in this movie is what, Jericho Kane or Jericho yep. Crane or Jericho something? Jericho Kane. Jericho Kane. What a name. Introduce. If you say it like Michael Kane. It sounds even funny. <laughs> I'm not going to attempt that right now, but maybe once <laughs> we turn on the, turn the recorder off. And we're introduced to Arnold with, I mean, frankly, a series of three rather shocking events. We see him first loading a gun, putting it to his head. Like, literally, the, this moment one is he's about to commit suicide and is interrupted only by his co-worker enter, uh, knocking on his door. Kevin Pollack. Yeah, his character's name is what, Bobby Chicago or Billy Chicago yes. or something? Bobby Ch- <laughs> this is one, he's like the poor man's Dennis Miller in this. And it's like, it's like one of those 90s movies where like the hero just it has a comedian sidekick whose job is to go around and just make a one liner about everything. They go to like he's- the killer's dilapidated, you know, nest of an apartment. And he's like, this must be rent controlled. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's him the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah. I loved it, for the record. (laughs) But yeah, Bobby Chicago comes into Arnold's apartment, 
Arnold prepares a disgusting breakfast shake for himself that includes what? Coffee, beer, beer, Pepto, pizza, pizza, pizza that he finds on the floor in Chinese <laughs> leftovers. Yeah. And also several ingredients that, frankly, I think are just kind of off camera. Like you see him throwing shit in there, but it's not clear what it is. It's just clear that this man doesn't give a shit and is ready for his life to be over. I've been starting. It is going to have a ridiculous shit soon afterward, I would imagine. I've been starting my mornings with this shake since I got the recipe in <laughs> Arnold's daily newsletter. And I feel great. How is it? I feel yeah. great. I've never felt better, actually. Huh. So, You've been looking good. You have that glow about you. That explains some things. Yeah, don't knock it before you try it. Okay, I'll we make should one get tomorrow. them as a sponsor. We should get that shake to sponsor us, like Athletic. It's Greens homemade. It's not. Podcasts. It's not. It's not. It's not. Did you hear what I said? It's not prepackaged. I make it with a recipe <laughs> from Arnold. Well, where do you get the recipe from, from? Arnold's daily. You know, Arnold actually has a daily newsletter. I'm not making this up. Arnold's. Oh. Yeah, it's. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's got what? this whole. He's he's got this thing now called the Pump Club. Uh, he sends a daily wow. email to you. It takes about three to five minutes to read. It's got an inspirational tip. It's got a health tip. Um, and I, I read what it every day. What were his tips today? What were his tips today? Um, I'm genuinely curious. Okay. Well, oh, I think I actually deleted. I read, oh, he's uh, actually signed up for it. I thought you were just. No, I'm not doing oh, no, a I, bit. I know he's I'm serious. I know he's serious. Um, all right. Today, he, uh, he, his, <laughs> the topic is four ways to win the morning. And oh, okay, I could use that. Um, the topics are so surely the shake is one of them. Uh, winning every morning. Uh, we're talking about how to get a good night's sleep and how your energy will ebb and flow throughout the day, depending on the kind of sleep you get and what you eat when you wake up. We're talking about um, cavity control with brushing and flossing and black and green tea, which studies suggest can help fight against dental decay. Um, talking about, Ooh, this, this is, this is relevant. Uh, one, even one drink can disrupt a good night of rest. He's myth busting the nightcap here. It's, it's absolutely true though. Mm-hmm. Um, hey. good to know that Arnold's up on the science and yeah, th- those are the topics today. Do you think Arnold writes this himself or does he have like a PA or <laughs> He's something? Very transparent about that. Some of the stuff is written himself. Um, everything in wow. today's newsletter, I think, is written by his editors in chief, Adam and Daniel. Um, and it's it's pretty clear when when he's doing the the writing versus them. Um, so it's I'm frankly stunned that he writes any of it. So No, good, he's good for him, he I guess. does a lot of stuff. Uh, so this might be a good time to mention my sort of uh, relationship with Arnold Schwarzenegger because wait can I oh, say yeah. the third final th- the oh, third yeah. insane thing that Arnold does to introduce himself in this film he he's a he's basically a he works for a security company he's a retired cop uh and he now works for a security company and he's escorting a uh, financier of some sort at the beginning of this film and the the banker is shot at by a sniper from a rooftop and Arnold of course gives chase even though I think at this point the guy he was supposed to protect, which should be the the full extent of his job, his job should not be to chase down this sniper. Let's put it this way. Right, but that's he does, ridiculous. Of course, and he winds up hanging from a fucking helicopter by a giant cable as the helicopter like flies him across a roof to chase a guy that he could be much more easily running along the roof to chase the guy. It's a real stunt, clearly, and it looks great but it's also fucking ridiculous and that was another one of the handful of like gonzo moments in this movie where i was like oh is this actually gonna be awesome 
<laughs> yeah, this this movie starts off with uh, with a cascade of scenes that are so delirious and ridiculous that you're mm-hmm. like, there's there's no way this movie can keep this up. This is just the first 15 minutes that they show distributors before it turns into some like talky snooze fest. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. no, it, they keep it up. <laughs> and it's weird. Oh, you think they I do? Oh yeah. Oh, I thought. Oh, I was gonna say if you think that you'd be right. You think they do? Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I think it's also so. This is Peter Hyams who did uh, Time Cop, The Relic, A Sound of Thunder. <laughs> I didn't know he did that one. Um, it's weirdly like badly directed and edited and staged. Like as as like fun as that opening action sequence was, it felt like it was all second unit shit. Like this movie has like a very <laughs> like that. dated clunky feel to it, even in its most operatic moments. And I found that just utterly fascinating for a movie that cost a hundred million dollars to make <laughs> in 1999 that it looked so fucking shit. I disagree. I mean, maybe dated, really? but dated in a good way because you would never see an action scene like that today anywhere well sure i mean short of maybe unless tom cruise directed it tom cruise directed it it. but like you know how many action scenes like that have we seen in in you know marvel movies or whatever set in new york where they clearly did not shut down five blocks in new york and bring in a real helicopter and dangle someone off of it you know yeah i thought that scene looked pretty awesome but definitely different from the rest of the film you know partially and i think the way steven described where it may have been a lot of second unit work um but also just in the sense that uh, to me again there just aren't many moments in the movie that sing like that and that was a banger though that sequence was a banger peter hyams was supposed to be james cameron did you all see that yeah i saw that james James cameron recommended him i didn't see oh sorry yeah i think yeah i think you're right i don't think cameron was going to direct it but he did yeah submit hyams's name yeah. There is a real thrill though in like seeing that this is like a practical stunt. I don't think it's Arnold on the on the thing the whole time. There's definitely a stunt double, but like yeah. there is a thrill in that that reminded me of Larry Cohen movies from the seventies, like Cue the Winged Serpent, where he's just like doing shit in New York City with like, you know, like staging like active uh active shooter sniper scenarios with like no permits and the people on the streets don't know what the fuck is going on so you're getting like real reactions from them it really felt like a a callback to to like late 70s new york filmmaking and even kind of looked like it in the way that it was a little bit a little rough around the edges Mm -hmm. i guess as they're trying to capture this without getting in trouble yeah yeah i'll never forget like just the Big, big wide shot of the helicopter cruising along the roof, dude dangling from it. It's I mean, it's not like yeah. necessarily a great shot, but it shows you what you need to see and shows you that they're doing this for real. And that is imprinted on my brain. I know exactly the shot you're talking about. And it's like, wow, this looks a little rough, but also like the stakes are real because right. that's, a, that's a real human being. He could die. He could slip and fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like 20 stories. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But Chris, tell us about your conflicted relationship with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So like, I mean, I've had a lot of admiration for Arnold Schwarzenegger as a movie star. I always say like, there's just never going to be another Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'm privileged to have been aware, unlike say Michael Jordan or somebody who like, I never really followed as a kid. Like he's someone who Mm -hmm. I've been aware of his career in a pretty notable way my entire life. And it's, you know, I mean, we don't. We barely even have movie stars anymore, much less stars of that caliber, much less such unique 
personalities as Arnold. And so I, I have a very soft spot in my heart for him because of that. And then, like I said, I've, I saw someone describe his recent work that he as a he's a emeritus version of himself now where he spends his time making YouTube videos about why it's bad to be a Nazi and like trying to inspire people and like advocating against climate change and running the Arnold classic and, you know, legitimately doing a lot of stuff to help people and, and help the state of the world where I'm conflicted though, is because there's always been some aspects of him that haven't sat right with me. And I took this opportunity to research him a little bit more. And I looked into his tenure as governor of California and did not like what I found. He was politically, he's basically been a never Trump Republican who has stood in the way of a lot of progress on a lot of fronts. Um, so much so that if he were anybody else, I would just say this guy's an asshole. And I also, I, and uh, you know, the, his big public shame is the, child he fathered with his maid which is always discussed through the lens of a cheating scandal when when the power dynamic and employment dynamic involved there kind of gives it makes it a little more complicated for me than just a cheating scandal <laughs> um and so I, while i was looking into that i found out like basically all these sexual harassment and assault allegations that were made against him during his time as governor, you know, where he's just kind of had a real boorish attitude about women and groping people on sets and stuff. And, you know, it's just another case of like, how do you hold these ideas in your head about entertainers who, you know, have these have done terrible things on several fronts and like, I, I'm not, but if you were anybody else, I would say this guy's an asshole and there's something that, that keeps me from totally washing my hands of him. But I mean, I'm not going to lie. I started reading his, his newsletters a little differently after I mm. looked into him. So, well, you're bearing the lead, Chris, because the real scandal here is that in the, uh, <laughs> during the filming of this movie, uh, famed actress Miriam Mar Margulies, is that how her name is pronounced? I have no uh, idea. Until yesterday, I thought it was Margoyles, so I'm not the guy to ask. Wikipedia tells me Margulies. Uh, she plays the stepmother of our heroine, the Devil's Bride, to be in this film. And apparently, during a scene where Arnold had to pin her down on the ground, he repeatedly <laughs> farted in her face. And by her own words, she at one point got very cross and said, Fuck you, Arnie. <laughs> And can you imagine that dude's drinking a fucking beer, Chinese food, pizza, Pepto Bismol shake every morning? Can you imagine how rank. rancid those farts were? <laughs> oh my god! This no, is real though. I mean, Look it up, folks. Look it up. Yeah, and, and and I mean, like to be real, I it sounds like even beyond the governorship, it looks like there are a lot of uh, groping and sexual misconduct allegations, and including, I think she said that he was doing some of that shit on the set for this. She too. said he was pretty handsy with the other uh, females yeah. on the set. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Arnold fun, very, very fun to watch in movies, but apparently as we've all learned over the last couple of days, not a great human being, not fun to be around if you're a woman, especially. Yeah. Seriously. And I mean, I, I think he's done a fairly respectable job of facing the music on his, his, you know, so-called cheating scandal and, and, you know, sort of acknowledging that. And I think that he's someone who could, who probably has changed 
hopefully, and would be capable of, you know, making an apology and saying, look, I did all this stuff. Here's why that's wrong. Just like he talks about how his dad was a Nazi and why that was wrong. Yeah, I forgot you about know? that. Um, but it, it, it's a problem for me that he hasn't done that. Well, it's it's especially problematic to me that he's been completely silent and has offered no public comment on the fart fiasco. I think he really needs to really needs to correct that as soon as possible. Step up, Arnold. Let's confront him. Let's confront him at the Arnold Classic. And make him answer this. Is that like a weightlifting well, competition? What is the Arnold Classic? Oh no, it's like a big like fitness convention where there's like a big weightlifting oh, competition, but they have little like, you know, whatever your physical thing is, arm wrestling, everything. They have they have little and Does Stallone show up and do his and over the top thing? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, well, he, he, okay, he, count me out. He posts from Instagram. He posts on Instagram while he's there and always starts by saying, I'm here at the Arnold Classic. And me and yeah. Chris used to say that all the time. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was a good bit. I'll have to bring that back. <laughs> but through this job gone wrong, he ends up, he gets, frankly, so much more uh, wrapped up in this case than anyone in his position actually should. He's tracking down clues. He's outrunning his old uh, co-workers from the force, you know, figuring out who shot this banker, why, etc. And, of course, it all winds up being tied into this conspiracy around the girl, the bride-to-be of Satan, who is being pursued by right like no less than three groups like there's the good catholics right. the bad catholics and the satanists yes yeah yeah cuz the catholic church itself is divided over whether or not to just like trusting god or to stop this from happening yeah and then there's outside groups and conspiracy theorists that intervene as well i don't i we might we i don't know if we we were explicit about the kind of the stakes here because basically the devil the devil arrives on Earth upon the coming of the millennium, which mm-hmm. is a scene we should talk about because that's another part where I was like, "Holy shit! What kind of movie is this?" Uh-huh. <laughs> when the when um, the invisible Satan crawls it's out when of it the makes sewer. Very, that's when it makes a lot of sense that this was written by the same guy who wrote Hollow Man. Oh, was <laughs> it? Like that. Yeah. Oh, oh shit! All right, this guy's got a one-track mind. <laughs> um. D- d- I mean, well, well, we, we, I feel well, like we should explain that let's right just, now. Let's yeah. just talk about that. We, the first thing we see in modern day New York are some guys working in a sewer, you know, good old blue collar New Yorkers. You mess with one of them, you mess with all of them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, holy shit, the pressure's too high down in this manhole. What's going on? Many blocks of New York, the sewers inexplicably inexplicably blow up as if there's a gas main explosion, which is never explained. I take it to mean that it's sort of like hell opening up yeah, a little bit, like a little, sure. a little crack. Um, and a big blurry CGI winged yeah. demon comes out. A big Malbolgia. Yeah. An invisible Malbolgia. <laughs> invisible Mal- we, we get to see visible Malbolgia later, but we'll get yeah. to that too. And and such that like it didn't read to me as the devil because the devil should not look that shitty, but it is the devil himself. <laughs> it, I, I thought it was like just a deem a messenger demon. Anyway, demon right. f- floats around, goes into an upscale restaurant, 
and finds and decides Gabriel Byrne is its man. Yeah, finds Gabriel Byrne, who who which as I Patrick get it. Explained, you know? Gabriel Byrne is the guy that Arnold Schwarzenegger has to protect, who gets shot upon in the opening scene, um, or not the opening scene, but a scene that will come very soon. Um, but here he's just a normal guy. We don't know who he is. He goes to the bathroom. This thing, invisible thing, assaults him like Hollow Man in the bathroom and yeah. possesses him. Gabriel Byrne comes out, returns to his table where there's some beautiful woman sitting. Without saying a word, he gropes this woman, like another man we could mention. Yeah. (laughs) Puts a heavy kiss on her, exposes her breast in front of us and the whole audience. Her dining companion, where it's unclear what the relationship between these three people are, is like aghast, but he looks in Gabriel Byrne's eyes and he has he has no power to say anything. He just has to oh, watch he, it happen. He just comes instantly. I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody's super turned on, frankly. Oh, yeah. Everyone's shocked, super turned shocked on. but aroused. Yeah. Um, and it's then the Prince of Darkness, man. Gabriel Byrne walks out of this restaurant and I'm like, great scene. Leave it there. <laughs> Walks away nope. like Denzel. <laughs> nope. <laughs> the whole like, restaurant inexplicably explodes in a massive fireball behind him. I screamed. I screamed out loud. I loved it. Yeah. And I mean, that's a good microcosm of this film because there's so many like parts of this thing where it's like, yeah, that's a scene. But then they just take it to some level that you did not expect. And you're like, okay, that's cool. I that's would cool. argue that this movie... In instances like that, and there are several throughout it, I think this movie knows what it is, and I think it's maybe even trying to be kind of funny at times and over the top. Because like, like there there are scenes later where like th- we see how th- we see what leads to the explosion of certain things. Um, there's a particular scene involving the devil taking a piss that you guys might recall. Oh, <laughs> uh, but like this was so fucking, it was like something out of the Simpsons where like, Oh, of course the building has to blow up. We don't even need to see him planting a bomb or anything. We don't need to know that he can do this with his mind, which I don't think he can. It just happens. And it's, I don't I I enjoyed it. It felt like a little wink. Like we know this movie's really fucking stupid. We're just here to entertain you. Have it fun. may, it may know what it's doing in certain scenes, as you said, but I think that's part of my problem. And I hate to go back to the like tonally inconsistent. Well, but it's to me, it just felt like there were so many like little dashes and pinches of this and that thrown into this movie that it didn't feel like anything in particular. Like there's a little bit of exorcism. There's a little bit conspiracy thriller. There's a little bit just like gumshoe detective, like tracking down the mystery stuff. There is some horror thrown in. There's some Arnold, but there's not generally the like scope or stupidity of action that you would expect from an Arnold movie. There's some winky stuff. There's some extremely maudlin serious stuff. And then, as I said already, there's this like weird, like it all gets tied up with, well, believe in God, pledge your allegiance to God, and you're good. You know, it's just this very, very weird amalgam of a lot of things, and it's no one or even just two things in particular. And that kind of wore me, wore, wore my patience then. It's a fucking mess, but it's like, I do feel like there is, there's someone involved at a high level in the, in the production of this that's like, look, this is a rush job, but like, we're going to try and make it as fun as possible and just throw in some totally ridiculous shit here and there to keep you engaged. 
Yeah, it's uneven. It. It's uneven for sure, but I, for I don't think it ever loses sight of the premise that this is about Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting the devil, and yeah. it's aware of how silly that premise is for the most part, and it it, it plays it more or less straight at various parts. But how I well, the, 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 see, I also like more Hollow of Man, Arnold fighting the devil. Like, I mean, he doesn't actually fight the devil all that much. It's the the no. final. It only really happens in the final battle, which is frankly not that long. And I was like, I mean, if you're giving me Arnold fighting the devil, make it bigger and stupider. Than no, this. no, no, no. I, I disagree I you, because I disagree with both of you. Then because it goes down the checklist. You're like, what do you want in a movie about Arnold fighting the devil in the year 1999? Sure, he fights the devil, and we have you know two or three scenes where he's really fighting the devil. But how much more of that do we really need? Instead, they give us. Arnold fighting priests, Arnold fighting Satanists, the devil seducing Arnold, Arnold seducing the devil, <laughs> like on and on and on. And, you know, s- snake baby sacrifice. Um, so dude, scene, I- scenes where, where priests have a woman chained up speaking in tongues in the basement of a church, and they're all like trying to decode what she says using IBM computers, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is also <laughs> yes. there. Like, what what is this go what is happening here? <laughs> so I mean you're making it sound really interesting, but the movie I watched was not that interesting. And I'm 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 curious to hear like sort of what both of your experiences were with, I guess, sort of your energy or interest level, because I was like as I said, super into the opening, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of this. I was like, oh, this seems fucking sick. And the ending was pretty solid. And in between, it was just kind of this, like, to me, felt very dull. There was oddly little action. You know, you talked about Arnold fighting people. There's not a lot of Arnold fighting people other than, like, beginning and end. And I was just super, like, not checked out, I guess, because I was, like, paying attention. But I was following it. But it was just... It's very kind of dull and lifeless to me for most of the middle stretch. There's enough there for me, even when the action's not happening, to keep my attention and make me laugh. Scenes mm-hmm. were like, you know, the assassin who we find out is a priest and is also named Thomas Aquinas. I know. <laughs> oh my god. I had to like rewind for a second. I'm like, wait, is that actually the character's name or was that a joke? Nope, that's his name. <laughs> he leaves a, he leaves a clue and the cops the, the the cops look at it and they're like, "Christ in New York." Is that a clue? <laughs> and Arnold is like, "Christine York." <laughs> what if it what if it is a name? Christine York, and of course he's right. <laughs> like, just stuff that like that made me laugh so know? hard. It's so there's so much like loony, stupid shit in this that like I, I love I I loved it. I mean, I enjoyed every second of this movie. Wow. It was just so like every five minutes something totally loopy and stupid, and like almost seemingly self aware happened that I was like ye- mostly wrapped with fascination that this was such an expensive movie, a movie I remember being promoted, though I didn't see it when it came out. And I just couldn't believe that like something, this, it really felt like a Larry Cohen movie in a lot of ways. It felt like, like, like a scrappy low budget movie, except the filmmaker was given a hundred million dollars to make it. Yeah. And And and, and the studio gave them no notes about the script. They're like, yeah, this is all fine. Like it didn't have any sort of like refinement to it or anything. It was just like, let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. That's my kind of bad movie. I don't know. They're doing it the drive-in way when they make this movie. And the drive-in never dies. (laughs) 
Well, shit, I don't um, know. I feel like we've come this close to reviewing it. I don't know. I, I want to review it. Can I talk about, if yeah. we're talking about loony moments, I want to bring us all back to one loony moment where Satan, Gabriel Byrne, who I find it funny that like Satan keeps wanting to return to this body even after like Arnold throws him off a fucking building at one point. And theoretically, this That's body a great he's scene. possessed should be absolutely broken. But Satan's like, no, I still want to look like Gabriel Byrne. He has some capacity to heal the body supernaturally with his powers. And we're shown that very early on. And so it's like almost a running joke for me that like Arnold just keeps pulling out different guns and shooting yeah. this guy. And he just <laughs> keeps healing. <laughs> and it's like, I knew from the second scene that you that you can't shoot this guy but there's but no logic to it because it's all arnold knows how to do you just see him like get a bigger gu- even in the climax of the movie there's like yeah. that and i mean eventually it sort of works but like he goes to the locker like the commando locker and does the commando thing where he puts on all the guns and i'm like you've already shot this guy so many times <laughs> yeah but there's like i don't want to derail patrick further but there is this weird insane like lack of or lapse in logic in this movie where like Okay, he shoots him a couple times, devil heals. But it seems like the devil, like, it's never explained, but it seems like his healing powers maybe increase throughout the film. But Arnold, his only tactic is to use guns. That's it. There's nothing. I, I started laughing. I'm like, oh, okay, this is the rest of the movie. He's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger guns, and the devil is going to have varying degrees of, like, pain and distress from dealing with it, and he'll be kept at bay for maybe a little bit longer if it's a fully automatic, you know, machine gun as opposed to a grenade launcher or whatever. But, like, that... This this is your movie. We're not pulling out crucifixes. I, or I love it, and especially because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like, what else do you expect him to do? <laughs> like it makes it totally fits. It's like a meta textual thing where it's like, because this is Arnold Schwarzenegger, I know he's going to choose the gun every time. And there's even yeah. a scene where they're like the the old priest is like, but 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 you have to open your heart and let Jesus in and accept faith. And Arnold so it says. Between faith and Glock nine millimeter, I trust Glock nine millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh I, I, I'm getting to the I'm getting to the loony moment still, but I I think I was just underwhelmed. I think by Gabriel Byrne, I I wanted either the giant CGI demon version of Satan that we do actually get finally in the the final battle. Um, or else I wanted like, I don't know, sort of a more interesting or charismatic Satan. This was just, I don't know, Gabriel Byrne was kind of on audio autopilot and it, I don't know. I, I just, I wanted something more out of Arnold versus, I wanted more out of Satan, I guess. I actually also want more out of Arnold. Arnold seemed like he was on autopilot in this too, but everybody's on autopilot. Well, I, I, I liked him, but get to your loony moment. Yeah. So the loony moment is, uh, Satan's tracking down the girl um, and he goes to Udo Kier, who has been her psychiatrist, I believe, and has been, you know, kind of, he, Udo Kier is a Satanist, and he's been, like, doing his best to kind of manipulate this situation and set it all up for Satan. Um, so he goes, Satan barges in on Udo Kier's dinner with his wife and daughter, and Satan's like, is that your daughter? Is that your wife? And Udo cares like, yes. And he just smash like, cut, jump he, cut. <laughs> he stares at them creepily and then smash cut to like them on a like red satin silky bed having a threesome. Satan, the wife, and the daughter. Oh my God. I forgot about this. The daughter's breasts are fully out. She's just kind of touching herself while Satan is like 
having sex with the mom and then their legs start to like cgi like meld together and they they start to become like one creature i guess and then smash cut to christine bride to be of the devil having another one of her recurring nightmares about satan having sex with her and it it was just so gratuitous for literally no reason because Christine does not appear in this scene, this scene if i remember maybe there's a quick maybe she, there's a, like a quick hallucinatory where like the wife turns into Christine or something no. but it just felt entirely extraneous like just there for shock value. i think this is rated r for among other things a strong sex scene yeah. <laughs> and that's the strong sex scene there right, where their really bodies no are reason. literally like morphing into each other in mm-hmm. with terrible CGI. Like it doesn't yeah. look good. It doesn't look interesting. And yeah, again, it serves no purpose because it's just a vision. It's not even something that actually happened. Oh, it's I think it actually happened. I think it actually happened. I, I just think that's the weird transi- the way they transition out of it with Christine having a nightmare, which is probably she's getting a vision of that sex scene, but she could be having a vision of anything else that she has recurring nightmares. So, well, well Udo Kier never appears again, I think, right? No, he probably... <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what happened to him? <laughs> Who knows? But that, yeah, that. But I, I think a lot of this was inspired uh, to some extent by the Devil's Advocate. Yeah, movie I thought, thought of the thought Devil's of Advocate throughout. so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because Burns kind of doing the same sort of thing, although he's not Al Pacino, so he's actually like acting it a little more delicately than Al Pacino. Yeah, it's it's the same era. It's the same like big big deal stars of the moment doing a kind of silly story about satan just the devil's advocate entertained me <laughs> so much more and was more uh kind of consistently loony than than this was mm. i, I guess it's my review are we reviewing it now i think that's what that's what we were heading Steve, towards steven's gotta tell like, us something oh tell us something I, this is just a like a, a, a wild-ass theory, but I started to think throughout the course of the film. I mean, this is set in New York, 1999. I think Gabriel Byrne, and I, I, I meant to look up interviews with him last night, and I didn't get around to it. Um, I think he might have been pretty inspired by Trump in his performance. Uh, there were some line readings where I was like, and, and just, like, kind of, like, the way that his character behaves once he's inhabited by the devil, where I'm like, I would not doubt... Because he's, what, he's... Is he, uh... British? Where's Gabriel, Gabriel Byrne? I think so. Yeah. He's not Irish, American. I think. Irish, okay. Yeah. Irish. Yeah, so he's definitely, like, he's got to figure out an American accent, which means he's probably, you know, going to base it on a few different, you know, people, characters, or real-life people. And I got some pretty big like late nineties Trump vibes from him throughout this. And I have to wonder if that wasn't an inspiration. Um, hmm. Would have preferred if he went the full on like psycho Pacino route instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it intrigued me. And, and I, I, I um, I'll, I'll report back. I'll see if I can dig anything up and, and uh, try to verify whether or not there's some truth to this. He is Irish. And you know what? Now that he's getting older, he looks kind of like Bill Nye, not like the science guy, but the fucking, the, I don't know actually what, country he's from british i'm gonna say british he's british yeah yeah british actor bill n-i-g-h-y well he also and especially young gabriel byrne i'm like man if they ever make a roxy music biopic he needs to play brian ferry oh yes I really liked his performance in this. I, I liked that it wasn't super over the top like Al Pacino. 
I thought he was very charming as the devil. I almost rooted for the devil in a couple scenes because he there's some there's some good scenes where he tempts Arnold, tempts other people, and you're like, this guy seems like he's making some good points. Would it really be that bad to be in line with the devil? We don't really know what the end of days is going to bring about. It's probably mm. not good, but hey. Well, fuck it. I'll review it um, so we can <laughs> spoil the room and spoil everything. I love this movie uh, as a bad movie. It is like top tier. Yeah, it's a little, it is a little long, um, but I found that like there was a point where I started to get a little exhausted and then it just really went full bananas. And it's such an interesting like time capsule of a very specific moment in world history where we really thought we didn't program computers to be smart enough to understand double zeros uh, as a year. And I'm not a fan of movies that involve like religion, horror movies that involve religion because I don't, I'm not religious. I don't see it as a real threat. It doesn't really matter to enjoy this movie though, because it just keeps throwing loony shit at you every few minutes. It's hilarious. It's entertaining. I don't know. I mean, I can't even say any more about it. Well, if you've not seen end of days, get some friends Get some weed, get some beer, go to the Phantom Zone, eat some pizza, and you're probably gonna enjoy it. It's a great time at the movies. You do uh, have to, you do have to give it a rating though. It's a hardcore view it. Damn! Wow. I don't think. When's the last time I gave a movie a view it? Like raw, probably. <laughs> it's been like a yeah, year. Yeah, it's been a while. End of Days is is an absolute view it for me, Patrick. Oof. Um, I don't know. It had its, you know, again, I've said already, it had a, a handful of moments that I enjoyed. They were not enough for me to recommend the movie. Go watch the uh, the helicopter rooftop chase scene on YouTube. That's a hardcore view it. But otherwise, this is for me a screw it. It was pretty flat. Oh, damn. Chris. I have to give it a view it, too. I love this movie. <laughs> yes. Hail Satan. I love this movie. It was, wow. it was, I thought, just a delight. Um, it was absurd in all the right ways. It was fun. It was irreverent. I didn't know how badly I wanted a movie about the devil and demons that didn't have the, like, reverence for the Catholic institution that we see in a lot of these other movies that we watched, like the Vatican tapes. <laughs> um, yeah. And I thought of that quite a bit too. And it was, it was just a ton of fun. Lots of crazy stuff. Great performances. Arnold doing fun stuff. Um, only dragged in a couple parts for me. It, it was so crazy and delightful in the beginning. It was like when I watched Elvis and just like when I watched Elvis, I was like, <laughs> Is this what the whole movie's gonna be like? And it was. So <laughs> for me, it's like it. It would be hard to recommend, but but I, like what Patrick was saying, there was like a one scene or two scenes that really grabbed you. For me, there's like ten scenes that grabbed me, and they're spaced out just enough that that went into my rating. It's like you can't really just watch a supercut. You really have to see the whole movie to see how crazy the shit feels when it's dropped in amidst everything else that's going on. I would say there's between five and ten scenes that really grabbed me, but then every scene has at least one little bit to it that made me chuckle or interested me. So, yeah. Wow. View it. What a time, what a time. Well, we are going to go uh, into the spoiler Times Square, I guess, to uh, spoil everything about what happens at the end of 
end of days. Uh, but before that, we will encourage you, as always, to follow us on your social media platforms of choice, uh, as long as those include Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, because we're not on any other ones, but we are on those ones at Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N-Cast. Uh, follow us and leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice. Those reviews especially are fantastic for us because we love to see the feedback and it helps more people find the show, kind of pushes it up in the algorithm more. Uh, also visit our broken website, every horror no. movie on Netflix.com. No, are we just taking that out it's, of the message? It's, it's, it's our website is not Y2K proof. <laughs> Don't go to the website unless really you want to find out what we were doing two years ago. <laughs> It is not. It has not gotten its little Y2K sticker. <laughs> so never mind. I take that back. Don't go to the website. Don't go to the website. You might. Your computer might flip back and start thinking that it's 1923 instead of 2023 if you go to the website. And finally, uh, check the show notes for a link to our Discord. If you don't know what Discord is, it's a chat uh, type program along the lines of AIM. If you are into AOL instant messenger back in the day you can hop on there and talk about horror aim on movies not like aim on movies it's not like aim at all it's not like aim okay what's it like it's like like? it's like it's a chat room i guess but it does yeah i don't know it's like a group chat it's like a group chat I was yeah. just trying to keep the Y2K theme going and oh, take everybody back it. to the That's year 2000. It's like AIM. Yahoo groups or Yahoo It's chat like GeoCities. It's like GeoCities. <laughs> no, but you can talk to uh, Amon listeners the world over about horror movies, horror books. You can read along in Stephen's Book Club. Uh, if you're a fast reader, you could maybe even jump in and read Lost Souls with us, which was which has been a delight. Um, but check the uh, show notes for that if you just can't get enough of talking about horror with other people who love this show. All right, do you guys have your party hats on? Are you ready to go to Times Square? I'm ready to go. I yeah. want to drop in like a little like noisemaker sound. Okay. Right now. But I'm not <laughs> editing, so. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. I'll dig that up. <laughs> All right, see you in the year 2000, motherfuckers. I'm just glad it wasn't end of J's. Leave that in and throw in the sound effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. No question. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Two, one. Happy, happy, happy New Year! Year. Oh, my oh my God, the clocks still work! Holy oh. shit! Oh, I'll be damned. <laughs> Zoom's still working. Fuck. You know we're gonna have to do all this again with the Y two K thing. Um, in twenty. 69 i think because that's like the linux epoch that a lot the the actual clock that a lot of computers and web pages run on it starts oh. on like january 1st 1970 or something oh um 
Why? So why they had so little it? foresight to think that humanity wouldn't last that long. Well, I think it we're might I, not. I, spoilers. I, I, I think we're all right though, because I type sixty nine into my browser every <laughs> night and nothing's broken yet. So. Anyways, we're here in Spoiler Times Square, here to spoil everything. We're in the confessional. End of days. We're going to start spreading the the news about what happened in this movie. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't even know if we explained the premise of this movie that clearly. But, I mean, the main situation here. Arnold's wife and kid are dead. Oh, they're dead. They died. Uh, They died badly. Um and this twenty-year-old like woman, <laughs> this twenty-year-old woman named Christine York, uh, basically because of a prophecy, because of the stars she was born under, uh, if the when the devil walks the earth in the year nineteen ninety-nine. By the way, we learned that the mark of the beast is not six six six; it's nine nine nine. Just upside like down. in one thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. So when you so nineteen ninety-nine is the year where he's at his most powerful. Which I which, love that a priest literally writes six 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 on a piece of paper and turns it upside down oh, to demonstrate great. this to Arnold, as if we couldn't visualize this, and as if Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't visualize. I it. love it. I love it. Um. Anyway, when the devil walks the earth in 1999, at the end of the year, he's got like three days to do it. Uh, He's going to find this woman and uh, make love to her. And I think it's implied that that child then will be the Antichrist or something. And such will begin the end of days. And as Gabriel Byrne calls it, uh, the world will be under new management. And he doesn't. And he doesn't really. That specify made me think of Trump too. The way he delivered <laughs> that line is when I wrote down, "Ooh, I think he's doing a little Trump here." Oh. Interesting. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. make the world great again. Mm-hmm. Well, so I mean, there's a great scene. For my money, it's a great scene when Gabriel Byrne uh, confronts Arnold in Arnold's apartment and, <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and basically makes the pitch. He's like, "Listen, I've seen how angry and upset you are." You have hate in your heart. You and I were a lot alike. Your family was killed by criminals while you were out working. It's all you can think about. I can bring... What kind of God would allow that to happen? I can bring them all back, and you can reign with me. All you got to do is give me Christine York's location. And it's a pretty, got to dox Christine York. And it's then a pretty he, compelling pitch. Doesn't he ask him like what he wants... And Arnold says, I want you to go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that's the pitch from every, like, either, like, Satan or Satanist figure in, well, not every, but that's that's not an uncommon pitch. And it's always an an arguable pitch. It's like, yeah, God sucks. Like... Why yeah. why am I not just fully on board with the villain in this moment, other than in this film that he's sexually assaulting fucking everybody? Yeah, and in this film, Arnold doesn't really have a reason to say no, except, I guess, duty, or, I mean, me as an audience member, I know that, like, listen, you can't, you just can't make, I don't think you can make a deal with the devil. He's pretty charming, but if you make a deal with the devil, it's probably not going to go well for you. Yeah, he he's a uh, he he'll cheat you. He doesn't play fair. 
Yeah. Was this not a complete carbon copy ripoff of the scene where the Joker shows up at Bruce Wayne's apartment in Batman? <laughs> did you guys think about that at all? Because I did. I didn't think about that. But yeah, I mean, you ever dance I mean, with the I devil would... in the pale moonlight? Go to hell. I mean, and I say this as someone who just saw Michael Keaton say this line again and hated seeing him say this line again in its new context, but I would sell my fucking house to hear Arnold say, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. (laughs) You want to go nuts? Come over to my place and see a pizza roll. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I what even is the like spoilers? Like, uh, there are none. There are none. Like, there's a they 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 go to a church where Christine's supposed to be safe, and well, they both they, uh, both the bad Catholics and Satan show up to to come for her. Priests get stabbed in the head with crucifixes. Yeah. Um, they escape into the subway. Or wait, is the subway before or after that? I forget. There's a big after. subway chase. Well, because yeah. there's a big scene after that happens. There's two big church the devil takes Christine. The, the devil takes Christine out of the church because he, he plows through all the priests and takes her to a second location, which is like the underground Satanist rave. Oh, which is right. An, it's yes. an interesting scene because Arnold comes into this and I start hearing music that sounds like Guns N' Roses. Yep. I'm pretty keen on Guns N' Roses. And I'm like, <laughs> this sounds like Guns N' Roses, but this is not a song I've ever fucking heard before. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, this is a song that Guns N' Roses recorded for their their much-delayed album, Chinese Democracy. Oh, what? The album, wow. the album that was... The album so that Tommy was, Stinson plays on it. The album that was in... Uh, maybe. The, the album that was yeah. in production for, like, 15 mm. years. Yeah, I don't think so, Steven. I think Tommy Stinson played on the final album, but wouldn't have played on this version of it. I thought he was, like, locked into the band for, like, a decade or something. Oh. And keep coming back. I'll oh, have to... Maybe. I'll do some more research, yeah. but that'd be pretty fucking cool. I don't know. But anyway, apparently this is a movie, a song that was recorded for Chinese Democracy, dropped in this movie like 10 or 11 years before Chinese Democracy came out. And by the time the album came out, this song had been cut off the album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it came out, what, like 15, 20 years later? Right? Well, yeah. not 20. Yeah. No, but... it came out like 2009, I want to say. Oh, okay. So still like almost a decade later. Um, 2008. November 2008. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the it's the song of choice in the Satanist rave <laughs> where basically every like, you know, Spencer Gifts hot topic Satanist in New York has assembled <laughs> to watch the devil have sex with this lady, apparently. Why wouldn't you? I mean, I'd want to be front row. Yeah, and th- <laughs> there is sort of a th- uh, uh, plot device slash maybe theme in this movie where like New York City is just teeming with satanists like everybody is a satanist if you throw a stone you're hitting a satanist in new york it's like the fucking crow it's ridiculous Mm. yeah there's there's a great scene where like it's like the scene where they all start throwing cans at the green goblin but it's like every every New Yorker lines up to beat the shit out of Arnold Schwarzenegger just because they're all Satanists. <laughs> and then they crucify him <laughs> in an alley. 
Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he has to stay up there like overnight, and then they bring him. They cut him down, and they're, it's it's sort of like a <laughs> sort of like a little Jesus arc because he's up sort of. <laughs> There's <laughs> a few Jesus arcs in this movie. Like <laughs> it's a faith based film. They take him down. They bring him back to life. Um, it's a Kirk Cameron production. It yeah. is. I did like the throughout the film. There are little snatches of, you know, as transitional material, we have helicopter shots of New York City while you hear little bits of like radio talk show chatter about what's going to happen at the new millennium. Mm-hmm. And frankly, like it, it felt real enough to me that I was like, wait, did this actually come out before 2000? But then there's also shit thrown in where it's like, you know, th- there's some reference to uh, religious groups doing, you know, uh, crimes, basically doing crimes. Religious groups are doing crimes, which I don't think happened at actual Y2K. But that it 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 built the reality for me a little more. I liked that. The reality. The wow. reality. The unreality. <laughs> <laughs> Can but I yeah. talk complete complete non sequitur? But like that's kind of this whole movie. I want to talk about one of my favorite things that happens in this movie that's completely fucking bananas. So Kevin Pollock is Arnold's side man. There's a scene but buddy. where, oh my God, there's a scene where, yeah, yeah, Buddy Chicago, uh, <laughs> the devil shows up nearby Arnold's apartment and, and sh- but Buddy Chicago's leaving. <laughs> buddy Chicago the devil- has, has the place like staked out, right? Yeah. They're, they're right. sort of protecting this woman and Bobby Chicago's like in the van looking out for trouble, looking out for the devil. Yeah, Bobby Chicago. Sorry, not Buddy. <laughs> buddy Chicago's even better. <laughs> um, the devil shows up in the guise of Gabriel Byrne kind of off to the side and like the next little next patio over takes a piss and it leaks out toward <laughs> Chicago's car, and it's gasoline. The devil mm-hmm. pisses gasoline. Mm-hmm. He lights it on fire, blows up the car. Kevin Pollock does that. Chris, we were just talking about this recently, I feel like, does the thing that the stunt actors who are caught on fire oh, yeah. do, where he's just, like, lumbering around with his arms in the air. He can barely move because he's wearing this, like, you know, suit, flame retardant suit. We think he's We dead. don't. Do we see him on fire in that scene? I wrote down on my or notes. Did you that Mandela we do. affect it? All right, you see I, that? No, okay. There's no, I, definitely I, I, a flaming. I think he might be mixing it up with a different. I feel like at the end, there's one of those scenes where someone gets lit on fire and they're like lumbering around because I actually checked the credits because I thought for a moment that I had once interviewed and spent a day with the stunt performer who performed this full body burn because he had talked to me about full body burns he had done. And I, for some reason, had this memory that this was one of the movies. It was not, oh. I'm pretty sure. But I, that does happen. I think it's just later in the movie. Yeah, well, I, could I, be think Mandela we, I think what I, we, I think what we see is his van explode in a huge fireball that he yeah. couldn't have survived. But we don't see what happens to him until later. Well, we yeah. assume he's dead, but I wrote down in my notes, Kevin Pollock, stop, drop, and roll. So I don't know. I'll have to go back and review the tapes. All right. Um, it may be. Uh, I was maybe, but but doubtful. But here's the this is the like this isn't even it. Like this isn't even the whole thing. No. When we see Kevin Pollock again, he shows up at Arnold's apartment. <laughs> Arnold doesn't believe that he's alive because Arnold's rightfully so. And going through, he's an alcoholic. And he's going through all this crazy shit. And he there's no way Kevin we. Well, there's no way we see him burn because we, as the audience, don't know if he's the devil or not in that scene. Don't know if who's Wait, the if devil. who's the devil? We don't know if Kevin Pollock's the devil or not in that scene. Because He's we didn't see we, we didn't see no. him die. 
Do but we that's ever the, think that's the, the suspicion because he shows up and Arnold doesn't know if it's the devil or not, and we so don't Arnold know either if him. the devil got to him. This is this is some Rashomon shit. Let me tell you how I experienced this. I was like, this motherfucker is absolutely dead. When we saw his van blow up in a fiery inferno, then he shows back up at this much we do know Arnold's front. Well, Chris didn't. Chris was unclear. I think he's saying. Well, we don't see him on fire. Uh, we you That's see the, the van blowing. So when he shows up, we assume he's dead. So when yeah. we, he shows up, it's like, is he dead, reanimated by the devil, or is he was he unscathed somehow from this explosion? And Arnold's I immediate reaction was- is like, no, like you know, you you died, like you know, prove prove that you're a real person, and then he yes. and. And and yes. and I left it at that. I think in my brain, my brain shut off at that moment and said, "Oh yeah, this is bullshit." And then I forgot about it until later when Bobby comes back again and is an ally. And the part that my brain somehow shut off and missed is that Arnold shoots Bobby. Not yes, sure where says, exactly in the and, arm, and then he, and then you know, Bobby's like, like "Did it? You shot me!" And Arnold says, <laughs> "It's just a scratch. Don't be a pussy." <laughs> But he also That's the punchline to the whole arc that I'm setting up here. It's like, oh my god, I can't believe that that is in a movie. Like I it's just clear that we're in 1999 territory. He Don't. also he also later asked him, "Did it hurt? Does it hurt?" And Bobby's like, <laughs> I mean, speaking for all of us, yes it hurts. <laughs> like you just shot me in the arm. And that I guess is somehow the proof that Bobby is okay and unharmed until of course later again the movie the backtracks on us again and says no the devil actually made a deal with bobby to save his life in return for bobby turning tail on jericho arnold which makes me actually okay i forgot about that part that makes me think we do see bobby on fire for a second probably because we like we as the audience just like arnold schwarzenegger are certain well, that he's dead. Well, he 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 goes against the devil and gets set on fire at the very end. Yeah, so that's probably when that's it. The full the full burn. Hey, I, maybe we I see it twice. Right. I don't know because <laughs> he made the deal. He's like, you'd be surprised what deals you'd make when you're on fire, man. And then he turns against the devil. And the devil's like, all right, well, I'm taking back my deposit too, and you're on fire again. I literally, when this movie was over, wound it back and went back to that scene where Bobby shows up at Arnold's apartment after the van having blown up because I was truly confused. I think it, I, I must have just like looked at something on my phone or checked a text for a minute and just kind of tuned out for Arnold seeming to confirm that Bobby was the real deal by shooting him in the arm. We just, we spent so much time discussing this plot point that doesn't that matter. Means I know, but I, I, I brought <laughs> it up because I didn't, ex- I didn't expect so much resistance. I just brought it up because it was like, I feel like it's a good like microcosm of how fucking crazy this movie is. No, no, no. I'm not <laughs> criticizing. It even comes with a punchline. <laughs> I'm not criticizing at all. We so regularly in the spoiler room wind up talking about all kinds of shit that is not even like spoilers or endgame, third act really kind of material. I, I, you know, we, we rushed into Times Square a little bit. We might have even, it might still be a few minutes to midnight. Might be oh, might be damn. six to midnight, right? Now. Who's to say? Who's to say? But um, it is funny that this and the usual suspects are two movies that came out in the '90s, where like Gabriel Byrne pissing amidst fire is like a major <laughs> plot point. Oh, don't remember <laughs> that in *Usual Suspects*. It only happened twice, but that seems like a lot. 
You know what it reminds me of? Well, and we the see fucking him. dog pissing fire in whatever Freddy movie that was. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Or no, that's it also reminds or is that me Friday of... the thirteenth. No, it's Freddy. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm that's, Street. That's four. Freddy. Yeah. Four. Okay. It reminds me of when we see we come full circle, we see Gabriel Byrne on fire in hereditary. <laughs> Oh, wow. This is a shared universe, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we're at this fucking Satan rave. Gabriel Burns about to impregnate Christine. Uh, I I forget how this all goes exactly. Arnold pulls out a gun and starts... He does a mass shooting. shooting. He does a mass shooting. Um, And everyone flees. I don't know what happens. Arnold and Christine escape into the subway. Um, and a, for a truly insane sequence, a pretty good subway sequence ensues where they're is this the scene where Arnold does it's in the trailer. Is this the scene where he's, he's got the gun and he does the full three sixty turn on his heels. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know. It's, he probably does it in every movie, but in this one, it really cracked me up. Just if you, if, Listeners, watch the trailer. It's like a minute and ten seconds long. You'll see the shot where Arnold is looking around with his gun. And he does this like ballet esque full three sixty scoping the room while still walking, and it's hilarious. Anyway, nice. sorry, Chris. No, that, that's that's fine. Um, good good action sequence on the subway. I, I forget the the bits and pieces of it, but um, it was it was pretty good. And Gabriel Burns <laughs> pursuing them on the trains. Eventually. There's like a runaway subway car. Arnold hits Gabriel Burns square in the chest with like a 40 millimeter grenade from his underbarrel grenade launcher on his machine gun. Mm-hmm. Gabriel Byrne gets blown up and run over by the train or the train crashes and he's in it. I don't know. Long story short, the body is Satan says, all right, I, I, this, I can't use this body anymore. It was fun while it lasted. I got to find a new body. CGI ghost devil reappears. Malbolgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mal- it looks it's very re- reminiscent of yeah. Malbolgia. Oh, yeah. Should have been practical. Just marginally better effects. Cool. <laughs> Malbolgia floats through New York. Arnold and Christine go back to the church that they've been spending a lot of time in. And they... <laughs> They make their stand, and and Christine hides, and they're like, "All right, if we could just because because Satan famously can't see into a church, um, so they're like, all right, I guess we'll we'll hide out here." And while Christine hides, Arnold looks at the altar, and you know, he just he kind of has a change of heart. He starts looking at Jesus. He starts looking at, at Jesus up on the cross, and the whole the whole movie. The priests have been telling him, like, listen, like, you got to take this this religious stuff seriously. You have to find mm-hmm. your faith, etc. And he's like, I don't like God. We had a difference <laughs> of opinion about if my wife and daughter should be murdered or not. <laughs> Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. <laughs> um and, but but you know Smith for you. he's seen so much and he's as he stares at Jesus he horses, lays down horses. he lays down his gun he lays his gun down and he prays and he asks Jesus for help um this is I'm not cackling at your explanation I'm just cackling at this moment because it was ludicrous it's insane that it goes to this place and so sincerely i still you know you talk about the irreverence i think it is reverent as 
fuck in the end. It's all in on the board end, for absolutely. God. It's all on board for God. In the final 15 minutes, absolutely, Patrick. Yeah. Yes. And maybe yeah. not Catholic Church shit it's, in particular. It's I don't think it's down with Catholicism, but it's down with Christian God. It's sure. still goofy. I think you can have a I think you can have a sincerely presented character arc that involves Jesus without the movie actually being like a Christian film. It, or, or, it, or 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 exposing this as a point of view that you should adopt into your life. So, I mean, okay, it's not like a full, it's not a Kurt Cameron film. I feel like Kurt Cameron would approve of this film, though. I That's where I, I land on it, where it's like, I don't think this is a Christian film, but the morals of this film are purely Christian, baby. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, if you're to believe in everything that's going on, like, it is to accept Christ into your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, really I mean, funny. frankly, a wild choice for this movie to make because it didn't need to go there, but it like completes this moral arc for Arnold that includes buying in fully to the Christian God and being immediately rewarded for it upon (laughs) sacrificing oneself to kill Satan. Y2K averted because he sacrificed himself to yeah. kill Satan. Yeah, yeah. The and devil, then the movie the, the movie just ends. The devil, you're not left with any. The devil shows up. I don't know if they even fight at all, or if the devil no. just enters him and and tries to possess him like Gabriel Byrne, <laughs> and it works yes. for a time. And Arnold goes over and gets Christine and is like, "All right, Christine, it's safe. You don't have to be afraid anymore." Oh, but there's one more thing. And he tries, takes her to the altar. He start he starts to do some things that make me uncomfortable having read articles about Arnold Schwarzenegger before I watch this movie. <laughs> starts farting in her face and shit. And <laughs> then he's like, wait, no. And he he uses his willpower, just like I had to do this weekend, to throw himself <laughs> onto a sword and kill himself. And he and says, he he's like, he like shakes his head, he's like struggling. He's like Run, yes, and that's like all he can get out while he's being <laughs> oh, possessed. So I she, love it. So classic, classic yeah. trope. <laughs> classic trope. When the hero's turning and he says, "Run from me, stay away from me." You know, Tom <laughs> Cruise was originally uh, uh-huh. going to play this. <laughs> I read that too. We must have read. <laughs> Would the have been Wikipedia a very article. different movie. Would have been a very different movie. <laughs> um, Deep research, folks. <laughs> anyway, um, and so he dies, but more importantly. The new year rings in because the devil had a deadline. He had to do this during the year one nine 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 in the last you know three hours or whatever in Eastern Standard Time. (laughs) Dude, that line was so fucking funny when the the priest or whoever is like trying to explain to him how this all came to be and how it has to happen within this window of time and how it goes back to the Gregorian calendar and shit. And they say like like yes, like the devil's going to claim his bride between eleven p.m. and twelve a.m. You know, nineteen. You know, on the on Eastern this day, Standard Time, and he's like Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> well, he's giving <laughs> him great. shit. Yeah, it's great, and that that gives way to the more and the movie is like yes, Eastern Standard to. Time is what the stars are aligned to. <laughs> yes, basically, yeah. But it's it's yeah. cool because yeah, he's the perfect foil for these priests because he doesn't care, he doesn't believe in any of this stuff, and he's asking the questions we're asking the whole movie. Anyway, yeah. Devil runs out of time. Devil is annihilated. Devil is cast back to hell that's and the end Arnold of the see no Arnold sees his wife and kids oh yeah. yeah and they're beautiful he sees his wife and daughter <laughs> in the aisle of the church radiant and now he's gonna be with them in heaven okay. see that is big Kirk Cameron energy right there oh yes exactly 
And and like, no. let me tell you exactly how abruptly this film ends after that. I was sleepy while I was watching this movie. And I fell asleep like right after he saw his wife and daughter. I woke up during the credits. I was like, shit, what did I miss? Literally 30 seconds. I was asleep yeah. for 30 seconds. And then the Guns N' Roses song or whatever woke me up in the credits. Because it's just like, it goes straight from like him seeing the vision of his wife and daughter as he fades off into the afterlife to police cars like Tokyo drift in outside the church and then <laughs> fade to credits. The end. That's it. It's an abrupt ending. It's like, it's like a classic like 80s David Cronenberg movie. It's like, well, there's no more plot. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's your movie. Love it. That's the end of our days. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the beginning of my days enjoying Arnold Schwarzenegger movies I haven't seen. I want to watch The Sixth Day. I haven't seen that one. That's where he's a cl- he gets cloned. Yeah. Great. There's one. a lot of Arnold thing. movies I want to see. I still have never seen uh, fucking The Running Man. And oh, it's good. I, that's lesser it's Arnold, really in good. my opinion. Oh, okay. I love The Running Man. All right, I'd be down to rewatch it down. with you. Let's do it. I also want that's to rewatch Total Recall, which because I mean that's a fucking total blast. Great movie. Yeah. Commando, fucking hilarious. I love Commando. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. What the hell are we watching next time? Yeah, who's who is who's up next? next? Oh, it's time. wheel time. The wheel gets to turn. All right, yes. we have loaded every this horror wheels movie. on fire. <laughs> every horror movie on Netflix loaded into a amazing cyber wheel. We're gonna give it a spin and figure out what the hell we're watching. All right, mm. here it goes. Hopefully, it was uh, prepped for Y2K and doesn't tell us that we're watching 1820 London Fear Strikes again. Oh, fuck, guys. Not to do two blockbusters back-to-back. We're watching The Ring. Oh, okay. Before you die, you're going to see The Ring. Naomi Watts, not like Japanese The Ring. No, that's Ringu. Ringu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's that's Ping. I still have never seen Ringu. I wish I was watching Ringu. I mean, I love... Maybe I'll do that for research. Yes. But I love The Ring. Me too. And I have been thinking of revisiting it. I right, realized well, just recently that like the Ring Two or Rings or whatever the sequel is called actually still has Naomi Watts in it. I didn't realize that the I oh. knew there was a sequel, but I didn't know it. I mean, because so often they do those like knockoff, like cheap sequels where you they do not stick to the same big name actors, and she's actually in it. That'll be in two weeks. We're watching the Ring. All right. Can't wait. Yeah, bar- barring any any personal catastrophes that will be in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. we've had a we've had a rough summer as a trio thus far, and it's not even technically summer. Yet. Yeah, true. It will <laughs> well, be by the time, time this episode airing, comes yes. out, but yeah. not. Yeah, we're on like the the solstice eve right now. It's like the December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine of summer twenty twenty three. Wow, that was <laughs> that was deranged. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next episode for The Ring for every horror movie on Netflix. I'm Patrick. I'm Chris. And I've been Steven. Goodbye.